Hi, this is Karis Alaska. I'm a Cultural Programs Associate at Meridian International Center. Thank you for joining us for our next podcast in the U.S.-Indonesia Relations Series. Today, we are going to be talking about Next Level. Next Level is an initiative of the U.S. Department of State, Meridian International Center, and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Its mission is to build global community through hip-hop culture. During Next Level's residency programs, teams of MCs, DJs, hip-hop dancers, beat makers, beatboxers, and graffiti artists travel to different countries around the world to conduct workshops, collaborate with local musicians, and hold demonstrations and performances for diverse audiences. Throughout their programs, the teams of artist educators and their local partners emphasize artistic and self-expression in addition to cross-cultural exchange, conflict transformation, and entrepreneurship. In 2016, Next Level held residency programs in Bandung and Jakarta, Indonesia. Joining me today are two artist educators who participated in these programs, Junius Brickhouse and Halim Strings Rasool. Junius, the director of Next Level, is an award-winning urban dance educator, choreographer, community leader, and preservationist. Strings is an internationally recognized hip-hop dancer and dance educator from Detroit. Thanks for listening. Next Level is a cultural diplomacy program uh, funded by Education and Cultural Affairs of the U.S. State Department um, and administered by um, administered by Meridian International Center. It's a program where we take different hip-hop disciplines, and those include uh, dance, beat-making, uh, DJing, aerosol art, and scene and beatboxing, and we work with embassies and consulates in different countries to identify uh, people in communities who are interested in learning more um, about hip-hop culture, and as we are interested in learning about the cultures that they come from and the lenses that they view hip-hop from. So some of our our through lines um, are, of course, arts education, um, conflict transformation, and entrepreneurship. Um, today, we've been to, I think it's 31 countries, and yeah, it's been a good day. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So I think maybe we could speak specifically about Indonesia now. Um, maybe you could speak a bit to the community partners, their mission, and how they influence the exchange. Yeah. So doing for each residency, um, the next level, we conduct a planning visit where we'll go and spend three to five days um, in the country, uh, meet uh, the people at the consulate or embassies, and we basically chop it up about what a residency could look like, where we go, who potential partners could be. And we landed in uh, Jakarta, um, uh, Mark Katz, the founder, and I, and um, we drove to Bandung um, to to meet with Ruma Chimera. And... Um, we met uh, with them, and it was immediately we knew that this was our partner. We knew we needed to work with them. Um, Ruma Chamara is an NGO that works with um, young people who are HIV positive and, and AIDS, like to help them um, not only realize their value, but to support each other, like in their lives. So. They do so with providing them music opportunities, like uh, which, which ranges from heavy metal music to hip hop. Um, they do mixed martial arts. 
you know, they do um, also soccer or football and uh, just a, a range of, of different things. They find ways to communicate with young people. And they do so with the goal to um, remove the stigma behind people who are HIV positive. You know, they're considered all to be drug addicts and, you know, or, you know, to be, to be gay and people don't see their humanity. They only see their condition. Um, so um, their executive director at the time, Ginan Kozmadi, uh, uh, was a very inspirational guy that worked really, really hard to reach out to, to young people. And, and help them um, through their through their struggle, and and it was it was really great. Uh, I really enjoyed the the way that they approached all these sensitive topics with so much honesty. Like it, it was just really inspiring, like for me. Um, and uh, several months later, we conducted the actual residency, and um, we went there with. Uh, G. Awazama, um, Jaira Funk, and uh, Miss America, and also um, Halim Strings Rosal. <laughs> yeah. um, great. So, how did Next Level address conflict transformation in Indonesia? So, the way that we address conflict um, was mostly from from the perspective of we wanted to blend right in Mm -hmm. you know that's what they needed the conflict is that these people are mistreated in their communities um, because of their illness and they're stigmatized and they're put like in a hole and regardless of what their lifestyles are so our goal was to conduct our jobs and do what we do without that stigma you know and and being meeting them on where they're at Mm-hmm. You know, and including them in the things that they deserve to do, you know, and, and not making it about whether they're sick, you know, um, whether we should touch them or, or not. And if we could get sick, you know, I think that never really even came up, you know, yeah. like we just never really thought about it. They were just our, our students and we just just clicked, you know. So the conflict transformation worked differently. It was like we had to see people's humanity. Like we really didn't have to, to do anything. We just had to let go of like any, you know, uh, any misconceptions that we had. And we had to be focused on hip hop and, and, and go in there and teach what we knew how to do. So I don't, I don't know if we really like had to really focus and address a thing per se. I think they were just happy that, we, we treated them with respect sure. and, and with dignity. And, you know, of course, there were different conflicts that arose, you know, like working in this environment. There's things that come up. Sometimes things go wrong. And, you know, you have situations that you have to try to work out. But for the most part, you know, I think that uh, everything went well. Good. Yeah, that actually kind of like leads into my next question. I was wondering if you could give a specific example from either the workshop or the final performance that demonstrated the kind of the benefits of teaching this conflict transformation. I know you spoke a bit of it on the phone. Maybe oh. if you want to go. Yeah, there was one particular um, incident, and this was like uh, 
don't think I can remember really actually being even an incident. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of major, though. Um, you know, uh, like we definitely had uh, people from different communities there. You know, LGBT community, trans. Uh, so they were mingled, intermixed with mm-hmm. like you know, Muslims. You know, like, you know, practicing Muslims, and um, you know, sometimes just being in that same environment working on the same thing very close together especially when you're looking at dance you know it could be somewhat you know, I don't know engaging I guess mm-hmm. um, and then there were a few of the dancers that you know, wanted to opt out as far as performing the last piece mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of the uh, uh, youth came up to me and you know talked to me about it and uh, you know I um, was able to like take one of the, the pillars in that community to the side and just kind of like, you know, just give some, you know, some words. Um, and then we were able to actually squash it yeah. and actually proceed. So, I mean, everything worked well, the performance was well, um, you know, everything was good. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so, like, in the detail behind that was there were um, several people who identified as uh, transgender um, that for the final performance wanted to wear like women's clothes and makeup and wigs and and basically dress what most people would call drag mm-hmm. to do the show. And um, <clears throat> when when uh, we said no to that, you know, they frankly made it about you know something that it wasn't they were like oh now you're just mistreating us because we're transgender and like you know we were like no like i've been dancing like my whole life and i've never you know had the dancers tell the choreographer what they're sure. wearing and the thing some of the things they wanted to wear was just like inappropriate for the movement that they were doing mm-hmm. with people on the stage and people like them being on the stage and people being like beneath them sure. wearing a dress and a skirt, like people see all your business mm-hmm. and like, that's, that's a little too much entertainment, like mm-hmm. for, for an audience. Like, so what we wanted to do is we wanted to find a, a happy medium, mm-hmm. you know? So we were like, look, if you want to wear makeup, you want to wear wigs, you know, you want to wear like heels, even, mm-hmm. you know, just as long as you can do the choreography, like we're fine but doing floor work and being on the ground in in a skirt yeah not really conducive to what we're trying to accomplish and yeah i remember actually going back to you yeah i mean i was i was a little bit stuck because everybody was getting along so well i didn't know that that would be an issue but i you know i we didn't have a problem with who they identified as like we just didn't want like conservative families to see like someone dancing on stage and be able to see up their skirt and dress. If there were young ladies there, we would have told them the same thing. So that was the deal. Uh, Wear pants and, you know, just wear anything else you want. And they did. They, they wore (laughs) wigs and put makeup on and they killed it. Like they did a really great job, you know? So they got to be who they wanted to be, like, and present that, you know. There's a statement about, like, 
you know, there's the question of whether that was appropriate, if that was the appropriate venue to make that statement. And I think that's where the conflict was because a lot of the, the B-boys, you know, the other dancers who didn't identify as, uh, you know, who didn't identify otherwise, like, thought that, you know, that was too much for their parents to see. Sure. They're like, you know, I'm not going to invite my mom and my dad here to see me do this thing. And we're doing a drag show. Like, that's not what we signed up for. Yeah. It would offend my family if I brought them there. So we can't do that. But I think we found a happy medium. Yeah. Yeah, I think you, like, kind of reframed the issue. It's just, like, dancer and choreographer to kind of make the solution. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, like, been a part of a show and told the choreographer, I ain't going to wear that. (laughs) I'm going to wear what I want to. I'm like, no, that's not the way that works. You know, like, the choreography like matches the costuming and it's a theme you know and we don't tell women not to wear makeup you know or like what type of like how to do their hair Mm -hmm. you know like so you know we we didn't feel like we needed to to start you know with these group of guys sure like and they were dope and they were really good yeah they were really talented and they showed in that show that like you know both of their masculine and, and feminine artistic characters yeah. were on point. So That's it was awesome. it was a statement about range, you know? Yeah. Like and no one can can question that um, they came to win. <laughs> yeah. They did a great job. Could you maybe speak a bit more about that final performance? Um, were there any like moves or choreography that incorporated both Indonesian and American culture? That's or even just question. different Indonesian cultures kind of well, uh, I know we went over some of the, uh, you know, during the workshops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to gauge, like, uh, you know, what they was bringing to the table yeah. already. And then uh, I was already putting uh, a Detroit flavor on them as well. Mm-hmm. So we actually uh, was able to fuse a lot of things. But I think I wanted to, as a choreographer, stick to, like, the hardcore b-boy. And, and then aspects they wanted to, which was, you know, like the ball game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, whacking and stuff I was very really into that um, and then just uh, and then the Detroit style that I do jitting and we just you know we was able to put it all together yeah. you know what I'm saying <laughs> and the people that came there that's what you know they, they're into hip hop that's mm-hmm. what they wanted to do it was really dope b-boys there like high level you know um, so it was um, just really about really um just having a balance. So I guess next, do you think you could speak a bit um, to the transformation of space that Next Level provided for all of the participants in this exchange? I think we talked a bit about the mm-hmm. mirrors on the phone. Yeah, so the the Ruma Chimera is like right in the center of Bandung, like, and you can you can walk past it and miss it. You know, it's like there's all these shops, you know, like, and, you know, these little tiny shops selling food and like little trinkets and there's this little door, you know, and it's like a walkway. And you walk into this walkway and once you get to the end, it opens up and there's this huge courtyard, you know, surrounded by several rooms, you know, and uh, offices and, you know, uh, a boxing ring and like a flat space for um, uh, mixed martial arts. So it's like a wrestling mat, you know, and it's, it's pretty, it was pretty big. Like the inside of it, it was, it was big, but it, it hadn't really like, uh, we had to change and work on it to, to make it into what 
we were trying to do with DJing and, and beat making and dancing and scene. So um, with the help of uh, the, the embassy, we were able to turn the, the boxing ring, you know, into uh, a classroom for the MCs. Like, so, you know, we had mics hanging, like, so they had this real, like, this battle, warring, like, <laughs> thing, you know, like, in the boxing ring, like, going at it, spitting bars. It was really nice. Um, we were able to get some cushion on. They were operating with, like, a concrete floor, like, in this uh, antiquated, like, mat, which is pretty normal. Like, people are pretty hardcore, you know. Um, but we were able to get some padding and some particle board down there so we could do dance classes. And we were able to get mirrors, like, to uh, so the dancers could look at, look into it. Um, so we were able to transform the space so that it could be a proper dance venue, yeah. like, if they needed it to be, you know. So, um, and that's what they use it for. The beat making equipment and the DJ equipment they did use to, to start teaching classes, like uh, teaching DJing and beat making classes, like with people who were already working. Roma um, Chamara, they have like different offices and you know chapters like all over Indonesia. And what was unique is they were able to bring them all like together, like fly people in from different parts of Indonesia. You know, um, so that they could work and collaborate together. You know, so um, I gave them like a, a call, like a little bit ago, because we were thinking about uh, possibly going there for a visit, and um, they're running fine. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Ginan passed away. Rest in peace. Um, and but business is still in order that they just lockstep and you know got back to work yeah you know continue to provide that service for for people all over indonesia yeah i just remember the front entrance was like the craziest entrance ever this looks like it wasn't steps to go up to the next level it was like just a plank (laughs) for mopeds all right last question i have for you guys so the theme is transformation so could um Maybe you speak to how your time in Indonesia led to like a personal transformation or just a personal takeaway you have from that experience for either you or maybe the participants have shared something with you. You know, first, Indonesia was my first time with Next Level, like site managing. Um, so for me, um, it meant a lot. You know, like I've, I've definitely done site management, like with my company, um, doing other like um, envoys and so forth. So I, I kind of know what that's like, but working in the boundaries with this type of partner, which wasn't a partner that I knew and had a connection with, it was, it was really different. It kind of helped me grow as an operator, mm-hmm. you know, and um, balancing these, these critical issues. Like, you know, it, it really helped me mature, you know, as a, as a manager. And I'm glad that that was my, my first, my first residency because it helped me really take you know my job seriously. You know, um, I've been known to be kind of serious about this work, but you know, and that's because you know when you have people like Ginan 
you know, and you see how they work, you know, like, and that was another thing for me. I, I'd never seen anyone so dedicated and working so hard, like, and he wasn't an office guy, you know, he was sitting out there in a chair, like, you know, drinking coffee and like eating with everybody and dancing with them and rapping with them, you know, like everything he could to make them feel like welcome. So that was an example for me, like what leadership looks like outside of my organization. You know, like, you know, I at Urban Artistry, I'm used to doing what I do, you know, but seeing someone as passionate or even more so than I was and, and cared about those people was really inspiring for me. So there was those are a couple of things, but like that was a very, very important trip for me. And I'm, I'm glad that. Um, I was able to to meet those beautiful people. I would have to say for me, um, you know, like uh, me and Junius met like maybe like a year or so prior to the next level application. And uh, we met in uh, Chicago in the context of, you know, I think we were uh, judging the same battle. So like, you know, I'm just seeing him as, you know, like, kind of like what I do, you know what I'm saying? You know, I have a business, uh, uh, and, you know, we dance, that's what we do, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I didn't know the full extent of what he did until okay. I was under him in Next Level. And I'm just looking like, wow, man, this is, this is another level you can go to. Like, if I wanted to do that, if I wanted to pursue, it, was just, it just got me thinking, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I know I still have a lot <laughs> to report. This is a lot of responsibility, and, and I'm just I'm just watching. So, uh, but just to know, you know, what I'm saying like that is another um, avenue. This is great. Like traveling, I love traveling. Like being able to um, be over something and have this type of responsibility, and uh, knowing it's just I think it's perfect because. Uh, by him having that experience of dance experience. Like, it made things easier for me being there because he knows what, what the dancers need. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, you know, oh, whatever, mirrors and stuff. It's just like little detailed things. But, um, and I know like the, the dancers that I manage back at home, you know what I'm saying? So it just kind of just take, you know, what I do to, uh, you know, it just makes me see things from a different perspective maybe um, yeah but uh, as far as Indonesia goes um, beautiful place um, mm-hmm. never been there before prior to that I've been to uh, you know, China but, um, I always wanted to go I'm a Muslim myself and I know that's the, uh, uh, Indonesia has the most concentrated Muslims in the world so um, just to be able to experience that being in my uh, hotel room and like hearing the you know call for prayer go off, you know, uh, being able to do my prayers uh, alongside with some of the dancers, some of my experience, powerful experiences that I shared there. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have for you guys. Thank you so much for speaking yeah. with me. Kind of taking this moment to reflect on your time there. For sure. Well, thank thank you. you. Thank you very much. You're very welcome.